set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. This is Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing Serial Mom from 1994, directed by John Waters. Ashley, do you want to go into like the theme that we had for this month? I think our theme was moms, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think it was Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day is like coming up in a couple days, so we thought we'd talk about moms. Um, this one specifically was focus squarely on the mom or mostly on the mom, whereas our, our next pick will be more about, um, I guess, how moms fuck you up yeah. <laughs> a little bit. So our theme is pretty pretty loose. And we didn't go for like mommy dears, thank God. Oh, that would have been I'm interesting. I'm so glad we didn't watch that. <laughs> so I um, jokingly suggested this movie um, to Ashley and she went along with it and I was really excited. So I feel like in the past I discussed like my love of movies as a kid. Um, if you haven't listened to like previous episodes, I could give you a little bit more background. So guys, like I'm an only child. So growing up, there weren't many people around to play with. So I would watch TV and I would watch pretty much any movie that would come on. Um, I would have my dad like take movies for me. And I feel like Serial Mom was a movie that I just randomly caught on TV. It was like on HBO one afternoon and I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this movie is amazing. Oh my God, it's so funny. (laughs) And every time it would come on from then on, I would watch it. And the reason why I like recommended this movie outside of just my general love for it, um, I'm a big horror fan. Like, I love all kinds of horror movies. I just like the thrill of being scared. Um, (laughs) And since I love horror so much, it's still kind of hard to find people who are open to watch movies with you because they're like, how scary is it? They ask you a million questions about it. And at that point, you're just like, okay, forget it. So Mm. Serial Mom was like one of the two scary movies that my mom has ever watched with me. So like being a little kid, just me and my mom Mm. watching this scary movie and laughing about it. It's like a movie that holds such a special place in my heart. And if you guys Mm want to know the other movie, it was Candyman. And that scared my mom (laughs) to death and she has never seen it since. So that's why I recommended this movie. So Ashley, do you want to get my mom to watch this? What did she say? <laughs> she, ref- she wouldn't do it. She was like, eh. <laughs> so I, I tried. <laughs> I really did try because I wanted to see what she would think. She was like, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> oh, dang. Like, Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Do you want to go into like what the movie overall is about? This movie, as you said, was directed by John Waters, uh, who is mostly well-known for um, movies like Hairspray and Cry Baby and um, Female Trouble and that kind of thing. Um, he's really into like really campy movies that are 
a little bit, um, I guess they play with like the line of like censorship a little bit, but this movie, Serial Mom, is basically about a, <laughs> a typical suburban housewife. Um, she's got a husband, he's a dentist, and she's got her two teenage kids. And uh, basically, from the outside, she's a pretty normal mom. But um, secretly, she is a serial killer. <laughs> and she murders people for, like, the most mundane, ordinary, like, reasons. Of just, you know, <laughs> if she feels, like, in, you know, insulted or if her children are um, dealing with people, like, math teachers that <laughs> uh, and that kind of thing and, like, bad, um, bad boyfriends, you know, she'll... She just decides to take you know matters into her own hands and goes beyond <laughs> what any normal mom would do. Um, um, but yeah, so I guess we should probably go a little bit into John Waters a little bit because I guess that gives some um, a little bit more backstory or at least a little bit more um, context to the movie. So he's really into like crime and criminals and. Um, he used to go to trials like what happens in the movie where a bunch of people are like oh yeah I went to this trial <laughs> and I went to this trial like he used to I guess you know it was like a thing that they did so he is as I said before he's kind of known for like really campy kind of films and his movies have gotten a little bit more mainstream but they all always kind of toe the line of I guess decency yeah <laughs> um which he's always been he's he said before that he that's the thing that gets him going like he likes I guess seeing how far he can push things but he also um for all like the I guess the controversy that he has in his movies like he does manage to like tackle some sort of in, like interesting topics like for instance like in hairspray I guess you could say like it's, it's not necessarily like we're going to tackle this today this is our, <laughs> this is the subject but you know it has some instances of like body image and you know there's the scene like with the really racist mom yeah. in there and you know how the how some of the kids are fighting for like because I, I think it's set in the 60s I forget yeah. but yeah so they're trying to like you know you know fight for civil rights and that kind of thing and um so in this movie when I was watching it I was like oh, okay it's gonna be about like a mom and she's telling people okay it makes you know kind of cheesy kind of funny but then I was watching the DVD extras and you know, he kind of goes into a whole bunch of, um, into the subject of like celebrity and how people in America have made murders famous. Yeah. They almost celebrities in themselves. Certainly <laughs> uh, have. Yeah. And how like this movie was filmed, I guess, either late 93, early 94. I forget when it came out, but it was filmed before OJ. Yeah, like the whole OJ trial. So it he did kind of like have his finger like on the pulse of like what was happening, and especially like right before you know OJ Simpson and that trial, because after that, that's I mean the way we treat, I guess attempted not attempted but um, alleged criminals or like actual criminals. Like we have kind of <laughs> put them like on a weird sort of achieve their own celebrity status. And he also said something really interesting, which you can go into later, about how, like, the trial really is the thing that makes the person famous. It's not necessarily just the crime, because the crime is, like, one instance, but, like, the actual um, 
the repetitiveness of the trial and hearing the trial, especially now that we have like 24 hour news mm-hmm. services and that kind of like that has made it to where you hear about this all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, and so that's really where like the infamy kind of like cements itself into like the culture. So that was interesting because at first I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of a fun movie. And I was like, oh, I see, I see where you're going, John. I, I get it. <laughs> you really get that picture like in one part of the um, movie where one of the characters is watching TV and on the TV is a talk show with hosted by Joan Rivers, RIPD. And some lady saying that she was married to like some serial killer and they yeah. were doing an interview and you bringing up all of this. Cause I got like a couple of minutes into like his conversation with Kathleen Turner and um, Mink Stoll, but I didn't get to finish the whole thing, but you kind of helped me pick mm-hmm. what movie I think I'm going to recommend later because it mm-hmm. kind of ties into all of that. And it's actually really entertaining. But mm-hmm. the movie starts out with um, Beverly, um, Beverly Supin and her um, husband. I keep calling him Jack McCoy because that's who Sam Watterson is to me forever. And then you got yeah. um, Chip, her son, played by Matthew Lillard, and her daughter, Misty, played by Ricky Lake. And she's preparing dinner, for, I mean, sorry, breakfast for her entire family. And they're talking about... Um, you know, what's going on with their lives. Um, so from Chip, you kind of get that he's a big horror fan and you could see it when he's at work and then when you go into his room and stuff. And Missy is like your average teenage girl. She has a crush on some guy at college named Carl, who's a piece of shit that we'll find out more later. <laughs> and they're just um, talking about yeah. things. And while like, she's preparing breakfast there's a fly there so like what I liked about the opening scene and it's like it honestly does look like something out of leave it to beaver like it's just your American suburban family sitting down enjoying a dinner Kathleen Turner as Beverly is in like that oh you know perfect mate um mother role and she's just making things for her kids and her family to enjoy but like you get a glimpse into like her killer instinct with this fly because she got grabs a swatter and kills the fly and like a really random piece of trivia i read was like um the aspca didn't allow them to actually kill a fly so they had to make a fake dead fly which (laughs) was something um and so while they're enjoying breakfast um the cops come in and they are questioning people in the neighborhood about obscene phone calls. Um, one of their neighbors, Dottie Hinkle, is receiving in um, like obscene phone calls. And Beverly is like, I have no idea. Like, I had no idea what's going on. That sounds so terrible. Like, Dottie never told me anything about it. Um, oh, yeah. The, the letter that they show. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it is. Oh, um, it says, I'll get you a pussy face. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a ransom note with like all the letters cut out of like magazines and stuff. And she's like, I wouldn't, I've never even said the P word out loud. (laughs) She's just like so shocked. And she's like, oh my God. Oh. And so the cops, like, something about their interaction just keeps 
like her in the back of their mind, but they let her go and she goes about the rest of her day. And you see that like Chip is, um, her husband is off to work. Chip is off to school with his girlfriend, Birdie. And they're dressed like Jughead. Yes. I love her hat. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so adorable. Like (laughs) she's so cute. And I keep calling his friend, Scotty, Andrew Barclay, because he was in um, Child's Play 3 as a, a like teenage Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of see that Beverly hates him so much. And she does. I understand why, because he's a pervert. Like, he's a creep. Like, oh, who- yeah. He was, like, reading, like, like a dirty magazine. Yeah. Or- it, it, like in the dry, like while he's waiting for Chip to come out of the house, I'm like, "Can you put that away?" He's just reading it all out in the open, like just yeah, like it's a newspaper. I was like, "That's gross, bruh." Like he's just he's he's gross. He's a pervert. And then she also hates how how he doesn't um wear his seatbelt. Like that was her main thing. <laughs> yes, I didn't know she noticed the magazine, but like she definitely noticed that he don't uh he doesn't put on his seatbelt ever. <laughs> she the thumbs up like so much <laughs> with of course the movie and she doesn't like chewing gum like she doesn't like when people chew gum so it seems mm-hmm. like gum is banned from her house which i thought yeah. was funny and us the next couple of scenes with something happens um and then we also meet carl so misty goes to college with carl um she also sells things at the yeah, like flea market week. Yeah. And Birdie gives her a Pee Wee Herman doll to sell. And Carl comes up and she's like so excited to show him. And he's like, ugh, he's a pervert. I mean, like, that is kind of fresh when he was arrested for being a pervert at like a porn theater, right? Like, oh, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Is it before or after that? Mm. I feel like it's like maybe a little mm. after it. I mean, it is in the 90s. I want to say it was before. Before this, now you got me curious. Hold up, because <laughs> like one thing I don't understand, like how you have like porn theaters, but then you can't jerk off in them. It's like oh, that's like a thing in porn. I don't know. Yeah, oh, ninety one. Okay, so 90. a couple years after he was like arrested for like indecent exposure or something, mm-hmm. basically for jerking off in a movie theater, which whatever is gross, but yeah, you can do that at home. But yeah, so like they all go their separate ways and we go back into the house with Beverly, who is up to her, I guess that seems like her morning routine. <laughs> she gets on the phone and starts harassing Dottie Hinkle. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't take any notes about what she was saying, but she was definitely called her a cocksucker and all kinds of shit. It was hilarious. She said, she she was like, is this 4125 pussy way? <laughs> <laughs> and she says with this like really deep voice. <laughs> and she was having like the time of her life up there. I was like, okay, you didn't go straight to doing the laundry or anything. You were right upstairs, <laughs> got on the phone. I was like, she starts out her day on some bullshit. And like, if you can find the clip on YouTube of her like placing these calls, it is hilarious. And I was thinking about like, I feel like we need to post that. <laughs> we should. Like, if she had Star 69, if Star 69 was invented then, she would have been fucked. Like, 
she oh yeah she would, i feel like she wouldn't do that star 68 and she would have got caught immediately for <laughs> all of the baby listeners out there so star 68 was something that wait 69 no. wait, six, what's 68 68 like star 68 is where you block your number from showing up on a carla id so if you didn't want oh. somebody to have your number you would star 68 and then dial their number Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I forget. I don't know why. I, people used to get people used to like call from block numbers. Like when I was in high school, all the time. Like it, <laughs> children, <laughs> youth. You know that's I how it was in dinosaur ages when I was a youth. I never did that, but I know plenty of people did do that. <laughs> I used to, which do is it. so stupid because like I would get calls from my friends. They would do that, and I was like, I can hear you. I know it's you. You didn't even change your voice. Like, <laughs> why would you? Children are so dumb. <laughs> like, I would do it, but then I would get, like, super anxious that I didn't type it in right or do it right, and then I would just hang up. So I wasn't really confident with my Star 68 abilities. Yeah, if you're going to be on some fuck shit, you got to be confident. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> So what happens next? Oh, so she's in the neighborhood. And while she's placing these calls to Dottie, one of her neighbors comes in her house, which I thought was weird. But then I was thinking like, this is a suburban white neighborhood in the early 90s. So that's fine, I guess. So it's safe out there. So like this lady was like all up and through their house. Um, just, yeah, she went right upstairs. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like you don't go to people's bedrooms. No, you don't. You just hang out at the bottom of the stairs if you're that bold, and then call for them. But she's yeah. snooping around, and she like overhears her yelling at Dottie through the door. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "Beverly, are you okay?" And so Beverly comes out like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And so <laughs> they like talk, and she gives her a sewing basket with a pair of scissors. And they just like talk um, more about Dottie getting these phone calls, and Beverly yeah. again is like, "Oh, I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't know why someone would do that to yeah, Dottie." Yeah, she plays dumb really easily. And I was like, "She's a sociopath." Okay, I feel you. <laughs> and then I feel like they show Chip at school. Or is that a little later? Yeah. Well, she goes to um. Well, she goes to the grocery store, and I think like Dottie snags her parking spot, and she kind of gets a little like pissed off. Which I didn't. I couldn't tell. Like, was she blacking out or having flashbacks? Or I couldn't. That was a that flashback. It, it was a flashback because it did like the like wavy slash misty like yeah. transition. And like, I like, what they flashed back to because, like, my DVD was kind of trash. So, <laughs> what they did was so while her and Miss um, Ackerman, I think is her name, um, while they mm-hmm. were talking about like who would do this to Dottie, like, why would someone call and harass Dottie? She had like a flashback to why she was so upset. At- oh, to the parking lot thing. Mm-hmm. So, she was pissed off because she was about to get into space. And then Dottie got in there and she was just like yeah. super pissed. Okay, and that made sense. Cause I was just like, that was one of the things I was like, why didn't they explain that? But they did. Okay. I didn't realize that that was actually the flashback. Cause I was like, um, I'm not sure what happened. But yeah, so she goes to Chip's 
math teacher, like there's like a big PTA kind of, they kept calling it PTA, but I guess it was like a parent teacher conference kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that sounds like. And she brings them a fruitcake. Like PTA kind of seemed like weird. I thought that was like a meeting of, for all parents. Yeah, like, that's what? what I thought. Like a, like more of like a parent, like kind of trying to figure out like bake sales and shit like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, some lady, <laughs> I forget the lady. She comes about like later, um, but she's like <laughs> bragging about how she's got like a Liz Claiborne outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. I don't even I know like, what that I means was, now. I was like, John, the detail. That's like such, because isn't Liz Claiborne like basic white people shit? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, like basic department store shit. Yeah, like for mm-hmm. that lady, like it, she was a perfect spokesperson for, um, Liz Claiborne. She's exactly Liz Claiborne. But you would like, I guess that's kind of like one of like John's like things because he does like a lot of like like ordinary people, I guess, because all his movies are set in Baltimore and so is this one, mm-hmm. or at least I think all of his movies are set in Baltimore. Yep, I think. So. Um, but like this, he kind of deals with like regular people or like regular people that have some sort of like real extremeness about them. But yeah, I thought that was funny. I was like. Oh, she in her little department store outfit. Go ahead, girl. She <laughs> was proud. flexing, course, bruh. Like, Just flexing. Beverly's like, she didn't, I don't even think she really cared. She's like, okay, good for you. <laughs> she did that polite. <laughs> huh. Okay, <Wow>. girl. <laughs> White lady, okay. Uh, yeah, um, right. yeah, so <laughs> the math teacher says that like Chip is obsessed with like, I guess horror films and he's drawing like obscene pictures um in class like I think he was like redesigning like a horror movie poster Mm -hmm. and he starts asking about like his home life and he's like did he ever kill animals when he was young and he starts saying that Beverly's not doing stuff right at home because otherwise Chip would be doing better in class and Beverly's like pissed off (laughs) because he basically like insults her like motherhood he's Mm -hmm. like uh I mean usually when you think when you ask like uh did he kill animals at home or animals when he was young like you're kind of trying to insinuate that he's either like a sociopath or like a, a virgin a future serial killer or something like like he definitely like insults her um her mothering skills and stuff. She, she just like takes matters into her own hands and <laughs> runs his ass over twice like, line, like twice and she, and she did it like in broad daylight that's the crazy <laughs> thing about most of her crimes is that they're done like when you you can see her like yeah there's like one witness and she's like a um i think she's a high school student but she's like a stoner like she's smoking weed and by like the trees or whatever and (laughs) beverly doesn't even care i don't even know beverly even noticed he was there but (laughs) she she ran over the teacher and then she went and backed over him and then when she drove off a piece of gum fell out of his mouth and i was like that's probably like that just probably added more fuel to her fire. Like she killed you oh, about yeah. chip and you were chewing gum when you were talking about chip. Bruh. Like double double whammy. Like, you know, we gotta take this dude out. But like <laughs> one thing that I was thinking about when I was like watching this scene with him talking about chip, a lot of what he was saying sounded very similar to like the like satanic panic slash video nasty era like during the 80s like Mm, yeah with all of like the slasher movies a lot of people thought that 
it was a bad influence on youth. And like in the UK, they had like, quote unquote, video nasties that were all basically banned um, from being able to be viewed by people there. Or if they were. I love I love UK. <laughs> they were like, no, it's like, pretty- you can't watch this. Like, no. The nasties. The video nasties. The nasties. <laughs> they call, do you know they call them, they call like, uh, like movie villains baddies. I'm like, why is everything sound like a fucking nursery rhyme over there? Like, I can't take anything else like, seriously because everything sounds like it rhymes. <laughs> like fizzy drink? I was like, oh, God. so y'all call pop, is fizzy drink for real? Shout out to Simone Fiasco. She probably does not listen to this. <laughs> the great, like, fizzy drink fiasco. God, that was such a thing. I was like, dude, I don't even know what to do. Like, <laughs> Every she, time. I didn't understand why people were so mad about fizzy drink. I was like, I didn't know that was a real term, but apparently it's a real term. Like, grown ass people call pop and soda fizzy drink. They were pissed. <laughs> 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 but I I have heard about the the whole um what do you call it like the satanic panic right? mm-hmm. I've heard of that like in other things because I watched um a documentary about um I think it's called deprogrammed it's like on Netflix mm. about like cult deprogrammers it's, it's okay oh. but um yeah because they didn't really get into the into like the meat of the thing because the director um was a woman who her brother was um i guess they called a deprogrammer on him because he was into like heavy metal and like setting shit on fire and stuff um in the 80s and it kind of ruined his relationship with his parents because they Mm -hmm. you know called this deprogrammer on him and of course like deprogramming is like if you ever like if anybody knows anything about it it can be kind of like borderline on the uh, kidnapping side. Sometimes it is straight up kidnapping and they'll like hold people against their will in rooms until they'll like, you know, say they're break. Yeah. Like they break them basically, but they didn't really get into it. But I I remember hearing about that because I thought it was so like crazy, but it makes sense. Like how white and Christian, like the eighties kind of, especially in America, like Mm -hmm. I can, I can totally see people (laughs) freaking out about that and like especially with like in serial mom like she's such like a, a june cleaver kind of lady that that would kind of be like unacceptable and <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny to me though because it's like um i mean sometimes you just like the music <laughs> sometimes you just like the movies yeah. and sometimes it you know you're like oh yeah the kids but chip is i mean chip doesn't really strike me as like a, a weirdo <laughs> I was like watching this like it was kind of funny because my dad like came in he was like what are you watching and I was like I'm watching one of my favorite movies he was like oh you watching Scream I was like (laughs) close but not quite he was like oh you must be watching Serial Mom and I was like dang my dad knows me well his character like Matthew Lillard's character in this movie is very similar to his character in Scream like how he he almost blurs the line between reality and being in a movie like a lot of his um a lot of his thought process is like oh shit this is just like being in the movies (laughs) (laughs) I I remember that I remember thinking like oh yeah this is like his his character like times too because he I mean he goes way farther well I guess in Scream he goes way farther yeah (laughs) and this one he's kind of tame there's no you know he doesn't commit murder (laughs) yeah or whatever yeah and it's crazy because this is like Matthew Lillard's first movie 
too. So he did a good job. But yeah, so uh, after she like runs over the teacher, like what happens? Oh, they're watching a movie. And I, I um, took notes about the movie that they're watching. So it's like Chip, Birdie, and his name is Scotty, right? The pervert. Yeah, Scotty the pervert. Yeah, Scotty the pervert is watching. They're watching like a really, really gory movie with like a lady's like tongue is being pulled out of her mouth. And they're talking about like how like, oh, yeah, they used like a sheep's tongue for it. And the movie they're watching is called Blood Feast. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's like considered the first like splatter film. And it's like really... Um, I guess it's, it was considered really groundbreaking for how it depicted gore on screen. Cause like, even like the little, little bitty clip we saw, I was like, it's just the whole screen is filled with blood. <laughs> it, was just, it was really, it was kind of gross. And, um, yeah, on like the DVD, they talk about how they promoted the film too. Like they kind of um, did the whole thing, like, oh, if you want to see this movie, you're going to need a barf bag. And um, I thought that was kind of interesting like how they did that back then versus how, cause we kind of do some similar things um, with certain horror movies. Cause I know like, I think the conjuring, they have like a priest bless <laughs> the movie, <laughs> which I think is silly. Cause the conjuring was kind of boring, but I, you know, I hate the conjuring. I'm just going to say, I, that. I don't like it. I didn't like it either. So <laughs> people can love it. I, you can I, love it, but I don't No, Thank you. No. Yeah. It's not, it's not that great, but I thought it was interesting how, like, how people kind of, like, the way people consume images in, like, horrible images. Like, a lot of things, like, we'll see something super gross, but we can't look away from it, and then, like, slowly but surely, like, I feel like we become, like, fairly desensitized to things, although some things are still, you know, there's still horrible images that we see in the media. Yeah. But I like how they they were like, if you want to see this movie, grab a barf bag. We'll have them here. I honestly <laughs> think they, like the last movie that had that particular kind of buzz around it was Raw. Like, oh yeah, but that that earned it. It earned it. Like, Ashley, I'm Chip, bro. Like, I was just watching. Like, oh, all right, okay. But the part that got me, like, just got my soul was when she was eating the mashed potatoes and she bit into a meatball in there and I almost threw up. Because like I'm a um I'm a fake ass vegetarian. So I don't <laughs> eat meat, but I still eat seafood, so like technically I'm a pescatarian. But like yeah. surprise meat like when you're eating food and you bite like eating vegetarian food and then there's just like this stray piece of meat in there. Like, mm. that ruins my entire day. Like, I, I had, like, such a visceral reaction to that moment. Just that moment. But the, <laughs> the rest of the movie, I was like, oh, this is wild. Okay. But it's not scary. It is kind of, well, the part that always got me was, like, when she was eating raw chicken. <laughs> like, she got I was like, spam no. and Ella. Spam and Please, Ella. Please, no. And, of course, when, like, you know, the finger got bit off. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't want to spoil that for you. We'll probably do that movie later. Like that, nugget, nugget. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you getting a dwarf bag for that movie. <laughs> but yeah, so like while they're while they're watching the movie, like Beverly comes and brings in cookies and she's all like hey. tearful and she's like, does anybody want a cookie? She kinda reminds me of the mom from um from Amy, uh, from Mean Girls. <laughs> you guys you guys need anything? Amy Poehler. House. Snacks, a condom. 
yeah, she has like a little mini like heart to heart with Chip, and then she decides to ask him to watch the scene when somebody gets their heart ripped out. So, which is so weird because you would think she would not want to see the movie or have anything to do with the movie, but you know, the serial killer instincts. <laughs> the serial killer jumped out. <laughs> <laughs> It sure did. It jumped out at that moment. <laughs> like she saw Scotty. Scott. Scotty's a pervert. Like he's still reading porn magazines in, in like in front of everybody. I think he just carries them around. Like ugh, he needs to be yeah. on some kind of list. Like he should have <laughs> been on the list because he's kind of like those people who like. I feel like there's people who like collect pornography, which is so weird to me. But like yeah. he had so many. Of course, it's like the early '90s, so like you know but all is it like it was like from the like 50s and 60s yeah it was, it was like vintage. really old like i was like uh. very like um like exploitation-y kind of like especially when he watches the movie later it felt like, <laughs> it was something from, like the 1970s <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, like a grind <laughs> so meanwhile um carl and misty okay so carl what is wrong with carl carl told misty that she needs to lose 10, 10, pounds. Pounds before he, 10 whole pounds before he takes her out to like a university of maryland event yeah because when when um when Carl, I know when Misty introduces Carl as like her mother or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh yeah, she's just a friend, and I'm like, oh, Carl, damn. <laughs> and her face cracked, and she was just like, oh. And I was also oh, yeah. like, oh, poor thing. But like, honestly, if if I know if Misty lost ten pounds, like she'll still gonna be a thickum, and it still wasn't gonna be anything wrong with that. Like she just thick. That's just how it is. Carl should have gotten used to it. Carl wasn't even that cute anyway. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he just had like that hair that everybody, like every white boy in the nineties had, like that, like that hero haircut. Isn't that what it's called? I don't know. I know about the bowl. Yeah, the chili like bowl. That, or the curtains. Yeah, like the Sean Hunter, the Devin Sala, the JT. Oh, okay, that one. He ha- oh, he. Ha- oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about the same thing. Yeah, because I was like, every everybody, <laughs> everybody in my elementary, everybody in my elementary school class definitely had that hair. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one white boy in my elementary school class had like a mullet, like. Oh, save him. Save him. The like spiky topped mullet where it's like a that's the extra one. Into like it's not even a long it's like a black auntie haircut. That's what it was. Oh, Brittany, no. (laughs) You know the black auntie fashion mullet where Yeah. They got them curls. They don't want to admit it's a mullet, but it's a mullet. That's what he had. But my mom had one of those, but she's like it was big. It wasn't like a crew cut. It was like big, big curls. <laughs> and then it kind of hung down in the back. And, and I asked her about it all the time. I'm like, how did you feel like being in the 80s and having a mullet? And she was like, actually, no, because this is in the 90s because I was like a baby. I was like, <laughs> this I think is like our first like our first family photo together. So I was probably Aww. like, I don't know, Aww. like eight months old or something <laughs> like that. And she... And she you can see and I'm like oh so this is like 1990 like <laughs> I just don't have a mullet in the 90s she always just so disgusted with me my mom she had a mullet when I was in like high school and I was like mom you notice a mullet right 
and she cussed, she cussed me out. I was like, but it's still a mullet. <laughs> it's still a mullet. It's still short in the front and long in the back. Like, I mean, and it wasn't even like a gradual long. It was just like <laughs> short and all of a sudden it was just goosh. <laughs> like, okay. You can say it's not a mullet if you want to, but we all know the truth. There's photographic evidence. <laughs> oh. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so the murder is on the news. And her husband, Eugene, immediately decides whoever needs whoever did it needs the death penalty. He doesn't even know who did it. <laughs> Nobody knows. And she went, but you gotta hear both sides. <laughs> that was her argument. Gotta hear both sides. I was like, okay, uh, I mean, I see where you stand on things. But I mean, I'm sure that would change, which it did. <laughs> In the end, it does change. And while they're getting ready for bed, uh, Bev is reading a book about Syracuse. So she's got a book that's like a bird watching book because they like to go bird watching together. That's some white bread shit, bro. I know. I've never considered bird watching an like activity. A like, not like a real activity, but hey. <laughs> um, like, uh, she's got a, another book like inserted like behind it, and it's. <laughs> It's a book on serial killers, and there's like a big ass picture of Charles Manson, like, <laughs> like huge. I'm like, oh, did she like stroke the picture? I can't remember. I feel like she did. She was really into like whatever it was about. Like that was her shit. She liked it. It was a full bleed, like close up picture of Charles Manson. Then they, they, they have their sex scene was so weird. It was because everybody else in the house was still awake. And all you hear is them. And then they cut to like Misty in her room. And she's like, what? She's like, oh. And then it cuts to like Chip. And he's like, they're fucking. And I was like, ugh, this is awkward. I felt like embarrassed for everybody. (laughs) Sam Watterson said he was joking around. He was like, that was the finest moment of my career. It was such an awkward, like, sex scene. I'm like, oh, vanilla sex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gross. (laughs) Um, So I think, I mean, as time progresses, like, what's her name? Ackerman? Miss Ackerman? I'm calling her Rosemary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's talking to the cops because the detectives are, you know, constantly, um, I guess, canvassing the neighborhood and trying to figure out who initially they're trying to still try to figure out who's sending the nasty letters and <laughs> calling Dottie um and so Eugene her husband is a dentist and he gets called in instead of going bird watching because they had these plans and I don't understand why didn't Bev wake up Chip that way did you see like how she did it she kind of leaned in and was like Chip <laughs> she scared <laughs> shit out I was scared too. I was like, what was the point? What is the point of that? Like, you know how little kids wake you up? Like, if they wake up before you and then they just stand over your bed and look into your face, and then when you open your eyes, they're like really close to you. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. That's how she woke them up. I don't know why kids do that. It's such a weird thing. Kids are so weird. (laughs) (laughs) They (laughs) terrify (laughs) sometimes. They are scary and shit. <laughs> so Misty gets stood up by Carl again. Mm. And then she says she wants to kill him. And this kind of pops up a lot. Like a lot of people were like, oh, I wish he was wouldn't dead. it be great if somebody just, yeah, I wish he was dead. I hope somebody kills this person. 
happens a lot. I was like, well, shit, do people really say, I guess people do kind of say that a lot, which is kind of like frightening in a way. Cause I mean, not that anybody's going to take up the, the task of killing people that do mean things to other people, but the detectives come again and they ask about the murder and Misty is fl- what is with Misty and the detectives? Oh, she, she's just about that life. Like she flirts with everybody, which I think is really cute. Honestly, and she flirts with him and then she flirts with another dude later on in the movie. <laughs> and, um, when the detectives show up, they have, they find a magazine and it's missing the P from the cover to say and it's the P that was used in the I'll get you pussy babe. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're they're, you know, they're basically connecting it to the sending the dirty letter. But Beverly's like, well, I recycle, so it couldn't be mine. But you know who <laughs> doesn't recycle? Rosemary. <laughs> Rosemary doesn't recycle. Goddamn Rosemary doesn't recycle. <laughs> and the garbage man gets so mad at her for it because they're like talking about Rosemary and they're like, oh, well, it wouldn't be good if somebody just killed her. And I'm like, oh, we're recycling? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know recycling was She so costs the city $1 million per year because she doesn't recycle. Oh, shit. That's what they said. They were like, she cost us $1 million because she doesn't recycle. I was like, damn, Rosemary. You can't sort your plastics from your metals and shit. The way she did dump her trash outside, though, I would have been mad, too. Because she kind of just was like, oops. Like, Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Rosemary? <laughs> is this when she invites, like, they go to her house? Oh, yeah. She kind of does this weird, like, she sneaks up to the house the way she did it was so weird but i think i don't know if it's because like Dottie was there or, i feel like she was going to kill what? rosemary and then after this is like the big the pussy willow scene she's because she's in she goes in rosemary's house and like rosemary's like fussing around with so i guess some flower interests and she's like, are those pussy willows? And Dottie's like, excuse me, what did you say? And the way she She was like, pussy willows, Dottie. <laughs> pussy willows, Dottie. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight place. Oh, my God. <laughs> the way she turned her. And she just leaned in close like, pussy willows. Pussy willows, Dottie. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh god! Uh, and um, so then she smashes like one of Rosemary's like Fabergé eggs on the ground, and she blames it on Dottie. Oh. And Dottie's shook because she recognizes Bev's voice from the phone, so that's why she was like, "What do you wait? What did you say? What did you say?" And so she's freaked out, and she goes like running out the house, um, partially because Rosemary's pissed at her. Um, back at the dentist's office. So Eugene is drilling the hell out of this man's teeth. I guess his name yes. is Ralph. He's a, he's the same dad um, that was with the loose playboy <laughs> lady. And I wrote down that this is when Sam Watterson kept his eyebrows groomed. Have you ever like watched like a later episode of Law and Order? Because I think he's still he still pops up like on SVU sometimes because he's still the he does. Yeah, I was watching like an episode like a couple weeks ago and he was like a guest star on there because they were doing something with the DA or whatever. Wow. Yeah, and his eyebrows, he, he's got like Grinch eyebrows. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. 
And I think he's on um he's on that show Grace and Frankie, right? Yeah, he's one of the husbands, I think. Yeah. Yeah, which I haven't I haven't watched that show, but I know <laughs> I just thought it was funny because I was like, this is so long ago, like I can clearly tell that Sam actually took some scissors to them eyebrows. But he don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and the detectives show up at the um, at the dentist's office, and they say they found a bunch of books on murder in the family trash. And they trace they trace it back to Beverly, and they ask him, they ask Eugene if she's crazy, like because she's got. I don't remember all the book titles, but they were intense. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I feel like one was like Helter Skelter and some other stuff. Yeah, I was like, um, do you really want to? <laughs> do you really want to be reading the Charles Manson? Doctrine. <laughs> so, like, Eugene, like, rushes home, and he starts going through her stuff. So, first she founds, mm-hmm. like, her books, and then he finds, like, stuff under the bed and under the mattress. And, like, one of them was, like, a scrapbook yeah. full of, like, uh, newspaper clippings about murderers and murders. Yeah, like, from the newspaper, and she's got letters and... um she had a uh, a bodybuilder picture from this guy, and I googled him. That's I didn't, Richard I didn't Speck. know who this was. His name is Richard Speck. Yes, like if you ever for listeners, like if you ever watched, was he the one that killed like all of the nurses in one night? Yeah. Oh, is that the one from American Horror Story? Didn't he do a thing like that when he was coming and killing nurses? Mm-hmm. And stuff? They based um somebody like. Um, the first season of American Horror Story and Murder House, they based whoever it was on him. Like he killed eight nurses one night. July 13th through July 14th of 1966. Yeah, I had never heard of him, but it's like a really, really, it's a really, really um, interesting picture. It's a weird picture. <laughs> I think, so I'm like, why would you, a bodybuilder picture? I guess he, I don't know if he did bodybuilding in. <laughs> in prison or is that like a thing i don't know i didn't know anything about him but also um there's like a recorded message from ted bundy which i think john waters did the voice of that i'm sure he enjoyed that (laughs) and then there's also um the christmas card that she gets so the christmas card is from (laughs) like those i was watching the dvd thing and the christmas card is an actual christmas card from john gacy to this film critic so i guess he wrote he was like corresponding with John Wayne Gacy while he was in prison and he got um, an actual Christmas card from him. I, I guess it was like handmade wow. or something. I would actually be terrified if, to receive anything from John Wayne Gacy and any sort of thing. But the film critics seemed like he was excited. So this is like a thing. Because I have always thought when they were talking about like, you know, people who go to courtroom like trials and stuff like that and they called him... Um, they called them court hags, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. But I always thought this was like a Tumblr thing. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. realize this was like a real, like, you know, because people on Tumblr have like a really big fascination with like serial killers. Like, I don't know what that's about other than like sometimes they're like, quote unquote, good looking men oh. or whatever, which I, I you know. So, <laughs> but I thought that was like a kind of like a really like specific thing to like a certain generation. But apparently this was going, this is like a like, forever people have yeah like people have had this sort of fascination with serial killers and other criminals for like 
many, many years. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Although I don't know why you would pick John Wayne Gacy to talk to. <laughs> maybe because like we've made him a celebrity. And maybe yeah. that's the thing. Like, oh, geez. I just, oh my God. I just Googled. Oh, he's, Bundy. Oh my no, God, he's, he's the worst. Like, okay, guys. <laughs> Scary Let shit. me tell you a little bit about myself. He's scary so, shit. like, when I was younger, no, you have to look at this. Wait, he looks like you know uh, Zach Efron is going to be playing him in a movie, right? You know this. It uh, kind of yeah. fits. It kind of looks very yeah. similar. So, like, when I was younger, <laughs> he looks scary though. He looks like he murders. When people. I was younger, I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. So I had watched like Silence of the Lambs all like a million times, and I was like. I want to be like Clarice Starling. That's what I'm going to be when I grow up. So I would do like research and try to figure out like what makes like killers tick. Like this is me in like high school. Mm. And that's probably why I'm I'm majored in psychology. And the only thing that stopped me from Mm -hmm. like really becoming like pursuing forensic psychology is that scene in Silence of the Lambs, where that dude like throws jizz in her face, and I was like, <laughs> like watching it older, I was like, oh him. I'm like, no thanks. I'm just gonna go into counseling. That's that's for me. <laughs> that's just for me. Oh my god! But like when Beverly scrapbook, I wonder if she had done anything before these murders, like. Usually with serial killers, what you find is that they have a history of abuse and it kind of like escalates and escalates until they actually murder. So like when I say abuse, it's usually like Mm -hmm. abuse of animals. So like I like I really kind of wanted more info about her back. Like, where did she come from? I did, too, because I, I, I wanted to know, like, what was the thing that was making her tick, especially like. With the fly, I think it's just like an having like a, a sense of order and a sense of like, um, like direction and perfection because like you know I think it goes along with like the kind of the stereotypical housewife because that's why she got pissed when people chew gum and why she got pissed when like the fly was in the house like the fly, I mean just in a normal person like a fly is like super annoying but it kind of I guess and sort of like in my film critic's voice, you can, you can kind of think like, okay, there's like this little like blip on her, you know, perfect house, perfect, you know, breakfast setting, that kind of thing. But I just don't know like where it comes from unless it's, it's just, maybe she was always like that or did it like manifest itself later? Or is it supposed to, is it supposed to be one of those things like anybody in your neighborhood could be a serial killer. Just the mom next door could be a serial killer. You never know. (laughs) And you know, like John Waters was doing a little something too with serial mom, because there aren't many like women serial killers in general. Like there is only really a handful. And because you really don't find women to do like most time you might not hear about it because people don't think women are capable of this because they're supposed to be nurturing and caring and, you know, taking care of everybody around them. There's actually a podcast I've been um, listening to called female criminals Ooh. and it's kind of deals with that same thing. Um, 
they just basically talk about you know different um different criminals the but um different kinds there's like they talked about one there was like a a lady in mexico and she was killing people for like so, almost like a decade she was like strangling was it the one people. that was uh like for wealth and stuff or somebody different no, she, um, she, I don't remember, I think her name was, like, Juana Barraza, I, I totally butchered that name, but she, she was pretty poor, and she used to do, like, luchador wrestling for a little bit, and she was, like, badly abused by her, her mother and her father, and, um, she just started strangling, like, old ladies, like, out of nowhere, like, she would pretend to be, like, a census taker or something, or, like, somebody who was, like, helping them, do like their you know social um like kind of like social security forms and she would kind of pretend to be like you know this like nice sort of like silver servant and she would get entry into the house and then she would like strangle these people and it kind of just they kind of they think it kind of surmised from like her um being abused by her mother and she kind of like develops like a weird thing with like older women mm-hmm. and that kind of thing so, but the, they didn't catch her for like the longest time because they kept thinking it was a, uh, a man. Mm. Even though the people that like they would see like eyewitnesses would have, um, they would, you know, take their statements or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, there was like a, a pretty stocky woman, but it was a woman. And we saw her coming out of the house <laughs> and the police just like refused to believe it. So like she kept killing people because the police were looking for somebody completely different. Like they had built their entire like um suspect profile like on a man and like what a man would do and that kind of thing so they completely missed this like murder for like a really long time like i think it had to be i think somebody actually like i think it took like a a man like spotting her come out of the house and being like there that's her that's her (laughs) for them to actually like fully be like okay it's woman doing this because the police just it was like too much for them to even, you know, comprehend that that it could be a woman murdering people. <laughs> it it happens sometimes. That now I gotta go listen to that because that's all my life. I I love true crime, guys. I love true crime. <laughs> They're pretty easy episodes to listen to too. But anyways, <clears throat> so um, is this so when we're next? at the flea market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um. <laughs> So the flea, they go to the flea market to buy like another um, Fabergé egg that uh, that Beverly broke. Even though they don't know that she broke it, and um, so Carl mm. is there, <laughs> and he's with another girl who turns out to be Tracy Lords, which I didn't realize. Yeah, I was that. like, oh my god, it's Tracy Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, so Rosemary wants to buy this poker. No, she wants to buy another egg. She gets pissed because she says it's too expensive. And she ends up switching tags on like a, on a fireplace poker, which I don't even know why you would want one of those unless you were like missing one. But like, it just seemed like a random thing to buy instead. And she um, buys the poker and brings it back where her and Beverly are sitting. And Beverly like spots Carl and she follows him (laughs) into the bathroom. And like, stabs him in the back like through the kidney because <laughs> when she pulls it out there's like a kidney and she's like kind of like <laughs> and so funny because it's so like feminine where she's like ew, 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 ew. <laughs> she's trying to like shake off the kidney off the off the poker and she like slips on some like some you know gore <laughs> and gets on her like perfect white shoes 
And um, and there's a guy in the bathroom that's watching this whole thing, which I forget. Yeah. Is he supposed to be like a pervert too? He's like looking, he's, he has a glory and he's writing a note over it. <laughs> and he was like ready to peek in on the next stall and he see her with like the poker and then he's like, oh, some shit finna go down. And he runs out. <laughs> <laughs> I would too shit. <laughs> his name is Marvin Pickles, and he's a pervert. <laughs> so like, she goes back with Rosemary, and Rosemary's like, "Oh my God, Beverly, you have some doo doo on your shoe." You did look and she's like, like oh. shit. <laughs> so she like tries to wipe it off, and then like you hear screams throughout like the flea market, and so. Um, Misty's like, I'm going to go check it out and see, you know, what that is. And then Beverly is like, okay, I'll come with you. And they leave Rosemary with the poker and she like touches it and looks at her hand and it has like blood. Yeah. And it's like covered in. I think it's so crazy. Like that Beverly just kind of does this stuff like, and just like leaves the murder weapon. Like she didn't even try to hide it. She's like, yeah, here. Mm -hmm. Put it under the table. She don't give a fuck. (laughs) She brings it right back and stuff. Like she doesn't even I don't even know if it's because she knows that nobody's going to really catch on to her or she doesn't really care or, or she's so like kind of warped that she's like, eh, I think it's a, a little bit of all of that. Like, I think she, she thinks she's doing the community a service. She's helping her family out and she doesn't care. Like she don't care. She bold. Deadly combination of, of all of those things. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they figure out that it's Carl and I think at this point, Misty's kind of like, uh, too much is happening (laughs) because like, how does the math teacher end up dead after you go and hang out, you go have your meeting and then all of a sudden Carl's dead now. Um, and he, she goes to, uh, to chip at the video store where he's at work and she's like, Hey, mom is Charles Manson. Like <laughs> we, something's wrong. And they all start joking about it. And they're like, Oh, I wish she would kill this person. I wish they, she would kill this person too. Like <laughs> nobody takes it seriously. Like at all. Until they realize what's, what's really, really happening. Like, I think it was like so funny when they like all realized like what was going on and they were all like shook. Cause she was like, like mom, yeah. mom couldn't do that. Mom couldn't do that. And uh, she did. Bruh. <laughs> Your mom is weird. So at dinner, like they're too freaked out to like eat her food. They're all like kind of staring at her and they're like, uh, so Hey mom. <laughs> and Chip is like, Hey, Scotty thinks you're the killer. <laughs> and, um, and she's like, well, Scotty's really nosy. He needs to wear a seatbelt. Then she just gets up and leaves. And we're like, oh, shit, is she going to go kill Scotty? <laughs> Which too. I thought she was going to go kill him. <laughs> and Eugene's like, well, no matter what your mother is, we'll love her anyway. And this scene that comes up next is wild. So everybody thinks, like, her family thinks she's going to go kill Scotty. Um, so they go over to Scotty's house. And Scotty, being the fucking pervert that he is, is preparing for a night in. So he doesn't mind, like, greeting porn in front of people. But he does have to have his privacy when jerking off. So he's, like, again, watching, like, some very old, um, like, porn. Super old. Like, the her lady. 
that lady's boobs were like <laughs> down to her <laughs> to her belly button. <laughs> It was very loud. It was a different time, actually, a different time. And her name was like Chesty Morgan or something. It was like Chesty really? something. Like ready to go. Oh my god! So he gets comfortable and he just goes to work. <laughs> goes to work doing his thing, and while he's doing that, his felt like uh, Chip and Misty and their dad Eugene all like burst in the room and like he is like it's over exaggerated like he's jerking off <laughs> it's like burst in on him and he screams and they scream and they realize that their mom isn't there but not after like the police come in too <laughs> the police burst in the room after them because they too thought that she would be there so like half the neighborhood found them jerking off yeah, they did. <laughs> I was like, this is a great gag. Like, I love, it was hilarious to me. And then I also realized, like, I should not have been watching this movie when I did. Like, I was like eight, eight or nine watching this. And I was like, oh, that's, this is totally inappropriate. Um, But while she's doing that, where, like, the family goes to him. Where does she go? She goes to... She goes to the um oh, the house, Ralph. the Liz Claiborne lady and Ralph. She's pissed that they were the reason why Eugene got called into the office and that they had to miss bird watching. So she goes and she's like, Well and they and they're eating really weirdly too. Like they're eating chicken, but they're eating it so nasty <laughs> and I was like, Ugh and I think she gets she gets more upset by that too. <laughs> Which it was really kinda it was gross. Like the way they were eating that chicken. It was like all over them. I was like, oh, gross. But um, yeah, so Beverly comes in. Oh, yeah, the wife's name is Betty. And she goes and like, she got, I think she grabbed like the sewing scissors from home. And she goes and she stabs Betty in the stomach. And then she's like throwing the, the, the scissors at Ralph and chasing him around because he's witnessed her um, murdering his wife. And she's throwing him the scissors around like ninja stars. <laughs> <laughs> and grabbing him out the wall when she misses. And so Ralph makes it all the way downstairs, like out the door, and, and Beverly has like like dislodged the AC unit and like she pushes it down on his head He's and it gone. kills him. <laughs> so dramatic. So dramatic. And this is like I think one of her <laughs> only crimes at like night. But it's so like over the top and I was like, damn, dude, like fingerprints and <laughs> things, like, come on. <laughs> and so the next day. I think the next day is Sunday. Um, this movie, this movie kind of goes yeah. by really fast, and it's actually kind of fun to watch. So, like, yeah, it does. They like the police are gathering mm-hmm. evidence against her, but they don't have enough evidence to arrest her. So, like, she gets up, she goes yeah. to like she gets her family ready. They go to church, and I thought this was funny, like. Not only was like I feel like the whole police force of the town was fought like following them into church, like it was like fifteen cars. Yeah, and like the and the thing about this too is that it's kind of almost like a like a pre OJ mm. kind of scene because they have like all these cars and they're just following her slowly. They're not trying to like it's not a high speed chase. You're just going to church. So they they got like all these cars just like tailing her. Like they're not like, making any sort of like sudden moves or anything. 
And I just thought it was so funny because I was like, geez, like this, like history, like not history, but like, I guess art kind mm-hmm. of life imitated art real quickly. <laughs> and of course, it was like way more, you know, leading up to the OJ thing. But like, it is kind of interesting how like yeah. that sort of mirrored. This, it was really kind of timely like, by accident. Yeah, it was really timely. And like while they're on their way to church, they hear like a news um, broadcast saying they they have a suspect in uh, these murders and they named Beverly Supin. And her family was like, everybody's just looking at her like, mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. and she's like, oh, what up? Like she, it doesn't phase her at all. And when they arrive at church, like she literally speaks to everybody, like, hey, how are you doing? Everybody's looking at her like, uh, like, uh, you just killed all these people. Because cause Beverly says the only cereal she knows anything about is Rice Krispies. <laughs> <laughs> and Missy's so pissed too, because she's like, now I'll never get a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> She's so worried about the family reputation and whether it affected her her mother is a fucking murderer that she's like, <laughs> but now boys won't like me. <laughs> and when they're at the church, like the, the that's when the photographer and calls a serial mom. Yeah, it sticks and the church sermon is capital punishment <laughs> in you. <laughs> and like Birdie is there with her family and they don't want her talking to Chip. Scotty doesn't talk yeah. to anybody because what happened the night before? And yeah, everybody's seen you whacking <laughs> off. <laughs> so they go to church and everything is all right with church. And like they are listening to the sermon. She's getting all kinds of side eyes. And then something happens and she sneezes. And like a big like snot bubble just flies across and hits a baby in the face. And then the mom. Then the mom starts screaming, and then the whole church is like, ah, cereal mom. Yeah, they all lose their shit. They all lose their, oh, the tiniest little thing, all over his nasty. I was like, oh, I was like you baby. just not rocking it on a baby. And so, like, like all hell breaks loose. And while this was going on, uh, Beverly uses this as an opportunity to break out of the house, like break out of church and not get arrested because the police are there, too. So somehow Chip and Birdie able are able to get her out and they steal Scotty's car, which pisses him off. And they go to um, the movie store, mm-hmm. the rental store that Chip works in. And she they, <laughs> that was a mistake. But she they hide her in like a back room. And while Chip is there, a customer comes in mm-hmm. and she like is returning the tape and He's like, well, did you rewind this? And he, she was like, no, what for? You could do this. And she, he was like, it's the rules. Like, you have to rewind it. And it, I'm going to charge you a dollar for not rewinding it. And she gets, like, really pissed do off. Do they do that for real? Like, charge you extra for not rewinding? Or I know the be kind rewind thing, but I don't, but I don't remember ever being they charged do. for not rewinding something. They do. That's so crazy because you know there's actually like still a video store, like a video rental store, not close. It's kind of close by, um, but they actually have they have like new movies there, which is so crazy. What? Yeah, like I think it's really cute that that, that they're still like in business. Like, not to like be condescending, but like I I still think it's kind of like fun because. I don't know. I just remember going to the like blockbuster like on Friday nights and like video update 
and being like, damn it, you gotta, we should have came earlier because the movie I want is gone. Oh, that was a heartbreak. Like, when you go, and it's even more like heartbreaking when you go, and that's like the whole wall is all of that movie, and every single one of Mm -hmm. them are gone. Like, that was always like really upsetting, but there's still a video store over there. I kind of want to go there because they have like, they have like a little on their little marquee. They're like, oh yeah, we have this movie, this movie that, that had just come out like on DVD. So I was like, oh, look at y'all still, still fighting the good fight. I thought it was cute, but I, I, I do miss. Hey the guys, story. we have Black Panther. They probably do hey have guys, Black we, Panther. We're honestly. still here. We have Black <laughs> they Panther. They probably do. <laughs> I feel like if you like if you have the patience for that kind of thing to like go to the movie store or maybe if you're like one of those kids who like like you know a lot of people like to like I guess like talk about movies with their friends kind of like at comic book stores we go and hang out and talk about comics and shit like that I wonder if it's kind of like that thing it it almost seems like a family business almost from like the outside you should go in for real because it could be a really cool place (laughs) I I should I'm always heading like the opposite direction so like. Since this lady disrespected her son at his job, she has to play. Like, she has to pay. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. She goes after her, like, immediately. Yes. She sneaks out the back, and she just runs down the street to this lady's house. And the lady is sitting down. She she cooked a whole, like, lamb leg, like a rack of lamb. For herself? That was weird. Oh, yeah, she did. Like, it was garnished and everything. It was pretty. And she was making, like, a lamb sandwich. And she was sitting down ready to watch (laughs) Annie and eating her sandwich. And uh, Beverly breaks into her house. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't have a weapon with her. So she picks up the first thing she could find, which was, like, a lamb chop. And she beats the shit out of this woman to Annie. Like, tomorrow, tomorrow. And just, like, hitting her with this lamb. And she kills her. Oh, my God. And the funny thing, she she was going to stab her, but then she just decides to to beat her over the head instead. And then she yells at her to rewind her tape. Yes. Like, when she's very, very dead. And Chip and Birdie figure out, like, that's where she's going. So they run after, (laughs) like, a few minutes later, and they go to her house. But they can't see her while she's doing it but mm-hmm. scotty pissed off that they stole her car his car followed them and so he sees where she is and while she's like killing this lady when she's finished she looks up and she sees scotty and he's like oh shit and so she takes off after him and she steals a car it's like a full-on like run <laughs> with a big ass knife she was running like that dude and get out when he was practicing. Get <laughs> she really <laughs> she was she was booking it there. <laughs> and she had that big ass knife with her. In the middle of the day. The this is a Sunday afternoon at three PM. People are like out with their families and stuff, and you know, going to buffets and stuff. She's running down the street with this gigantic knife <laughs> I guess it's like a like a turkey carving knife kind of thing like it's a huge knife and she's like full on like sprinting behind him and she like catches up to him and like stabs through the convertible top <laughs> and she's like and she's yelling at him to put on his seatbelt like damn like belt. let it go <laughs> but he manages to get away <laughs> and she steals a van 
um, and she chases him to like a to like a punk show, and he gets in, and she like follows up behind him, and none of the people, none of the kids are scared because she's on TV. They're like, "Oh my god, are you serious, mom? Serial mom? Serial mom? Like, look at the power of the optics, man! They were so excited to see her. You know, she, I think she still had the knife in her hand. Yes, she did, <laughs> and she's running after him." <laughs> and through the um and through the punk show, and did you see did you see the band's pants? Can we talk about the band's pants? What and how they're <laughs> the band is called Camel Lips. Oh, first of all. and they had and camel they toes. Weird, like like camel toe pants, but they're like overly exaggerated. <laughs> Yeah, and they're singing a song called Gas Chambers. Wow. That John has to write specifically. Yeah, he's like, Can you write a song called Gas Chambers? Like, can you just write a song? And um, yeah, he had them like, he like commissioned them. He said he like he had seen them like, because he's into punk music. I think John's so cool. He's one of my favorite people, honestly. But he's like, Yeah, can you write this song? Like, I like your music. Can you do this? And so they are singing this song, and and while this is happening, they're like running through the um, running through the show, and right. like Bev like cuts a a rope that like sends the lights. Like they basically like pin Sky to the ground, and then she gets I don't know where she got the lighter and the aerosol can from. <laughs> I don't know if it was like a prop from the show, but she basically lights him on fire, and I was like, <laughs> I was screaming honestly. I was like, oh, my God. And then to make it worse, when the lead singer took that drink and spit, like, alcohol on his burning body. Yeah, she basically just got a big old swig of vodka and spit. <laughs> and everybody's like, like, yeah! He's laying there dead. Now that I'm thinking about it, this one reminds me of Scream, too. Oh, my God. At the beginning. Does this remind you of, like, when... When when, that, when Jada Pinkett Smith like she gets stabbed at the movie theater. If you haven't seen that movie, I don't know. I'm sorry if that's spoiled. Oh it for my you, god! But. You know that that part of the movie got me so stressed about like haunted houses. I know. Oh my god! I'm, I me and haunted houses. I'll do them, but like I always have like a hand up, like ready <laughs> because I'm. You ready? I have to fight somebody. <laughs> I'm because, dude. I always end up in front. I'm mm-hmm. always the smallest person, and I always end up in front because I'm always like my friends somehow maneuver me Mm-mm. to the front. <laughs> so I always have like an arm out, like just in case, like I'm ready to to fight. <laughs> but this part really does remind me of Scream because like nobody really like did anything. They were just like, serial mom, yeah, they're chanting her name and stuff when she gets arrested. And like Eugene has tracked her there too and he uh he gets thrown into the pit and they start tossing around like he's like basically crowd surfing. Although Sam Watterson said he didn't even know what crowd surfing was uh, and he didn't know what a mosh pit was uh, either. Oh my god. I think that's so sweet. <laughs> I think it's so sweet. Oh, he's a little old man. I know. This is like forever ago. So he's like super old man now. Yeah. Like this is almost 30 years That's ago. That's why his so. eyebrows look like Bert. <laughs> he's very sweet. And then like you kind of like fast forward to the trial part. And I yeah, thought yeah. like all of the scenes in the court were wild because like her original defense attorney was ready to have her like her defense be like 
she's not guilty by reason of insanity. And she fires him. Like, you know what? Yeah, she gets pissed about those. Um, she gets pissed about the the jury, the juror wearing white shoes <clears throat> after Labor Day. And that's when that's when her lawyer is like, oh, no, she's crazy. So here, <laughs> we're just going to do this reason by insanity because uh, she's nuts. This is like the white shoes after Labor Day is like one thing that I say to my mom and she says to me all the time from this movie. Because, like, oh. <laughs> I feel like that's the part of the movie outside of Pussy Willows that stuck with me all of these years. But throughout the, like, trial, so she is representing herself. And yeah. she goes through and talks to everybody who could possibly be a witness to her crime. So I feel like was the first, uh, um, what's, what's that word called? What, the first witness? Witness. <laughs> oh, no, I wrote it down like that, too. I wrote, like, first witness, second witness. Like, the first witness, like, what's that thing? The witness was the, the stoner girl, right? No, the, the first witness was Dottie. Oh. oh. And, so they ask, and they ask her about the phone calls, uh. and they somehow Beverly catches her in a lie about um, drinking. And she gets Dottie gets so frustrated. She basically cusses her out, <laughs> and the judge gives her um, stupid. Yeah, heart. yeah. She calls her all kinds of cocksucker and no, slut, and I, she had a whole bunch of names. I was like, well, damn, Dottie is, has been stressed. You motherfucker! <laughs> and so the judge, yeah, the judge gives her five days in jail and like a huge fine for contempt of court. Um, so that's how she gets Dottie out of the way. Um, meanwhile, Misty is selling t-shirts Gross. and Chip is negotiating television appearances. Um, Carl gets brother pu- pops up and gets mad and then punches him and then says that they like somehow they come to an agreement that Jason Priestley should play Carl in a movie like in the movie that will eventually be made of this trial. That is a generous casting choice there. It was really generous. I didn't, <laughs> Carl wasn't that cute. So, um, the second witness is the stoner, who was high as shit, which I didn't even realize she was high because the way she was talking, I was like, is she having some sort of, like, some sort of break? Like, I she was know like, I don't know, dude, is. it's blue. Yeah, it's blue, dude. Ha, 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 blue. <laughs> it's blue, yeah. Uh, uh. I think that's talk about the car, right? Like the color of the car. Like, I don't know. It's just blue, dude. I told you it's blue already, right? Like, Lord. and so like she's no help to like the um, prosecution, but she is help for the defense. I mean, basically, what Beverly is doing is she's proving or discrediting like all of these um, witnesses. Um, so the photographer that's there, who's also at the wedding, has already written a book called Serial Mom, and he's also promoting it at the at the t-shirt stand <laughs> with Misty, who has been flirting with him too. Yes. Um, so the third witness is a detective. I think it's one of the detectives, not not the one that Misty's been flirting with. Yeah, the older one. one. And Beverly, <laughs> yeah, and Beverly says that he's found. So she found a, a magazine called Chicks with Dicks. <laughs> Chicks with Dicks. In his trash. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's there to testify yes. about the books that he, he found. He found that in mm-hmm. her trash. And so she was like, well, what is this magazine? We found it in your trash. It's called mm, Chicks with Dicks. 
And he was like, uh, that's personal privacy. That that's my trash. Nobody should go through my trash. And like the trash right. guy, like the trash collector dudes are like cracking up because Oh yeah, they're totally they on her love side. her. Like she brings them alcohol in the middle of the morning and they love her. And so this dude, like the mm-hmm. police detective, is having a fit about it and everybody in the courtroom is laughing at him and he gets like ushered off the stand mm-hmm, he does and then they also interview like roseberry basically beverly pins everything on her mostly because she doesn't recycle mm-hmm. and rosemary is like super like she's like but i don't have room in my kitchen to recycle <laughs> well like, rosemary you throw your trash everywhere girl like <laughs> <laughs> you got a room for a trash you could if you wanted to like, exactly like they are talking about the movie and Suzanne Summers is scheduled to play serial mom so she shows up out of nowhere to watch yeah. the trial and everybody's like is that Suzanne mm-hmm. Summers oh my god yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she just comes she comes and distracts and so she sits down yeah she distracts she basically distracts um the detective, Detective Pike, which I don't know why. I knew his name. I didn't know the other detective. But, um, yeah, so I don't even think his testimony – does he even testify? Because I think everybody gets so distracted by Suzanne Summers that they kind of just like, eh. I think – We don't really know what you have to say. But. Yeah, I think it's that. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, it's Suzanne Summers. Because even, like, the judge is looking at her like, oh, my God, yeah. it's Suzanne Summers. And then I feel like – the la- like the second to last person to testify was the pervert from um yeah pickles Marvin A. Pickles. pickles and she was like while she was talking to him she was like opening and closing his her legs and okay the way she did this was <laughs> so weird because the way it wasn't even like like in basic instinct or whatever we're like, we're like Sharon Stone does her whole like cross um, of the leg. Like leg. Yeah, this is like she was flapping. Or like, like <laughs> picture a saloon door opening and closing, and like when you push through it, it, it goes was, like pop, 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 pop. That's <laughs> that's kind of how it works. It was very dramatic and like over the top, <laughs> and I was like, he got so hot and bothered by it, but she was like sitting up there flapping her legs. <laughs> it made no fucking sense but he um yeah he's basically like oh well, i've never seen her in my life he's like i don't even know what you're talking about you guys put words in my mouth i don't know hmm. and so like by like all of this and like she does things to endear herself to the jury so like she would greet them and say oh my mm-hmm. god i love your jacket oh look at your hair like it's very polite and so they go out to deliberate. Yeah. And they um, come back with a not guilty verdict. And everybody's excited, sort of, because our family's like, um, so we're going to have to live with the serial killer, right? I don't know if they realized she would get off. Like, they would give a not guilty guilty verdict because suddenly they're like oh reality is set in reality is set in again and they're like oh (laughs) yeah like they don't know what to do and they're they're kind of like uh 
shit, we got to go home with her. Like, she's our mom. Like, she could, like, my wife, like, she could snap it in. And, like, the photographer that Misty's now dating is like, I hope your mother likes me. And Misty was like, yeah, just don't do anything to get on her nerves and you'll be fine. And everybody's looking like, eh. Sorry, and like, Barbara. she's, like, happy that she got her not guilty verdict. But that damn juror number eight and those white shoes, like, she's back at it again. And she just, like, mm-hmm. she's excited that, like, she's glad she's free. But those white shoes are just, like, hey, I'm here. And she's just, like, livid about those white shoes. And she's just staring. And as she goes out of the courtroom she's mm-hmm. happy to meet her family she notices juror number eight going over and making a phone call so she find like she follows the lady over and the lady's like yeah mom you know we just found her not guilty i don't think she did any of that she's such a great person and uh beverly hangs up the phone and says you're not supposed to wear white shoes after labor day She's like, no, times have changed. You totally can. She's like, no, you can't. And she's like, yeah. She slaps the lady in the face with the phone and beats her to death in the courthouse. Right when the media is there, everybody's there. Yeah, the whole like courthouse is full of people. And she comes out and she's like, huh. And then like she's being interviewed with Suzanne Summers and Suzanne's like, yeah, let me get, you know, a picture like, but you have to stand on this side because this is my best side. So you have to stand over here. So she moves Beverly over to the other side and she just snaps a little bit on Suzanne Summers like, this is my bad side. Yeah, she flipped the hell out. <laughs> and everybody's shook. And looking like, uh, and then somebody screamed and then they see like, you see all you see is the blood dripping down her white kitten heel <laughs> and everybody looks at her like, uh, and that's it. Oh, <laughs> that's shit. the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. But did we talk about how the, the lady, the jury, juror number eight was Patty right. Hurst? No, we did not. Oh my God. And I remember watching... I remember hearing her name from watching I Love the 70s, like, forever ago. Was that? Yeah, it was I Love the 70s on VH1. (laughs) And how I was like, it was such a big deal because, like, she was, uh, she was kidnapped by this, like, American-based terrorist group in the 70s. And she was, like, brainwashed and, like, raped. And Mm -hmm. she ended up robbing a bank. And I think they killed a guy. I don't think she killed a guy, but. She ended up taking the fall for like everybody because a big it was such a big deal because she is a part of like the Hearst family who they you know they're a big publishing um uh the I think her great grandfather was the publisher founder and so they have a ton of money and um it was like a the trial was like a huge deal and she ended up getting sentenced like 35 years in prison and that got reduced to like seven years. And then she, she got pardoned and John Waters actually like went to her trial, which mm-hmm. of course John went to her trial. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think, I don't, I think he either, maybe either he wrote to her or somehow he got in touch with her, but he's like, yeah, I'd like you to be in my movie. Cause I think he, she's actually been mm-hmm. in like quite a few of his movies. Like he was, she was in Crime Baby too. Yeah, she, um, she's, I, I think it's funny how he 
finds these people who kind of like relate to the subject at hand he manages to get them in because I didn't even know until like I um was like watching like the behind the scenes because I didn't really know that much about her but I think it's funny that she actually agreed to do it really interesting yeah like (laughs) I feel like she would want to be like I want nothing to do with trials and murder <laughs> and any of that other stuff. Like, I want no But I mean, parts. honestly. But he, he manages to find people like that who kind of, um, I guess, are, have controversial histories or controversial personalities. Like, you know, with Tracy Lord, uh, she used to do yes, porn and she was yes. a minor, right? Yes. I think she was like fifth. 16 17 yeah anyway she was too young to be in the movies and she did a lot yeah of movies in that like short period of time and it mm-hmm. was a big deal um but she i feel like what was the last oh she's really like tongue-in-cheek with like her roles too because the last movie i think i saw her in was like zach and mary make a porno yeah, I heard it was bubbles and she could blow yes, bubbles out yes. of her <laughs> That was her role. Yeah, she had like a <laughs> bubble wand with it too. So this was your first time watching it. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen this movie. And What did you think? I enjoyed it. I thought, like, when I was watching it, I was kind of like, oh, you know, this is kind of, I mean, usually it's over the top. Like, that's a given with the John Waters uh, movie and I thought it was like kind of silly and then I think I got more like interested like once I was like watching the the behind the scenes and um and kind of figuring out like oh like this it, it feels very it is kind of like a satire of how we I guess how we interact with like criminals but also how we put People that probably shouldn't be famous, we kind of put them on a weird pedestal and we kind of grant them this this sort of level of infamy that they wouldn't have um, if we just kind of like was like, uh, didn't have like this weird fascination with the criminal justice mm-hmm. system and criminals in general. So I thought that was interesting. I did, re- I did enjoy this movie. Just <laughs> And there are parts of like super crazy that like I, I actually found myself like, cracking up especially in the beginning when when she was calling Dottie <laughs> I was like this is this is insane especially with Kathleen Turner because she's got like that very recognizable voice yes and so I thought that was hilarious but um I did like this movie I did like it a lot yeah it's so weird though I feel like it's so weird how like how there's so many like it mirrors so many things that have happened later. Yeah. That I don't I don't even know like how to describe like I wonder like if John even like thinks about that that much. I don't know. He probably does, but he doesn't seem like a person to dwell too much on on a movie that he's made. So, I I enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> I'm so happy that you did. <laughs> and for me, this is like the first time I've watched the movie as an adult adult and I was kind of afraid like this was going to be like another players club moment Mm. where I'm going to be like oh like this this movie does have those moments but those moments are there because it's a John Waters movie yeah and that's his theme yeah yeah but I had as much fun watching it 
now as I did when I was younger. Like the only thing now is that I understood a little bit more about what's going on mm-hmm. and it made the jokes funnier. Like, yeah. It just enhanced the, the um, enhances experience because like in a little kid, like you don't know what like jerking off is. Like you don't know who a cocksucker is at eight years old. Like you don't, <laughs> you don't know these things. <laughs> but as like as an adult, like as an adult, it it's funny. It I feel like it it's still kind of fresh too. Um, and if we when you were talking about like making um, criminals celebrity. Like, it kind of made me think of another movie that I think I would recommend that, you know, our listeners watch if they feel like watching, like, Serial Mom and maybe want something sort of similar but a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, But before I recommend it, do you have any movie you want to recommend? I do not, as usual. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really bad at that. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I'm bad at this. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So I, of course, will recommend that everybody watch Serial Mom or at least at the the bare minimum, just watch the obscene phone calls to Dottie scene. I'm pretty sure it's a clip on YouTube with all of them. Um, but one movie that I think I would recommend that you might enjoy is uh, Tragedy Girls. So that movie came out last year. And it is about two teenage girls who have a true crime blog and are obsessed with serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find out that there's an active serial killer in their community. And I feel like this play like ties back into what you were mentioning about how we make celebrities out of serial killers mm-hmm. and that is kind of a major theme within that movie. And it's it's a comedy. Um, it is funny. It is a little glory at times, but it's still interesting. And I think yeah. it's on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, I've watched it a couple of times on there. Um, and I, I recommend that you check it out. Okay. I can see myself watching this. I'm, I'm a little worried if it's super gory. Honestly... When you're talking about movies that, like, that, like, we were talking about um, The Conjuring or whatever, and people are getting freaked out by that, like, mm-hmm. I realize now that, like, there's very little things that freak me out that aren't gross. Like, if you just say, oh, there's demonic possession, I'm like, all right, cool, let's get it. Yeah, that's me, but, like, oh, Brittany, you could watch, like, French horror films, like, you just watch Inside, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't even blink, this is my jam. But, like, you show one scene from anything where somebody uses the bathroom and doesn't wash in their hands afterwards, (laughs) I would freak out. I was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Like, Oh, my god, I can't handle it. Like, I feel like the scariest movie that I've seen in recent years is Contagion. Like, with... You will never get to watch that. (laughs) You'll never, ever... Ever, ever. That is one of the things that does freak me out. So, like, if you have, like, a serial killer going around killing people and whatnot, I'm like, all right, no, all right, cool, whatever. Disease, I can't. No. I was like, Ugh. I can't. Ugh. I can't I do cannot. it. 
I cannot do disease. I can't pe- see people getting sick. I can't. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I can't. So that's one movie we will never be watching. Yeah. But um. <laughs> so uh, I guess I guess one more thing I wanted to talk about. I guess before we like do any like closing statements or whatever. Okay. Um, was how the trial made. Beverly really the big star that she was. It wasn't just like the murders, although she did kill a lot of people. It was really this the trial. And I wonder like, do we have anybody like recently that has been like that's had like a big tr- I mean the only person I can think of which is not a big star, but the literally the only person I can think of is George Zimmerman. And it's not that's he's not a, a garbage human that should he's a be garbage human in jail. jail. And I haven't I haven't luckily I haven't seen anybody like having some weird fan site toward him, although I'm pretty sure there probably is. Yeah. But that's the only person I can think of. I don't I don't know anybody like Casey Anthony. Oh yeah. And you know who else? Um what's the guy? But people hate him. Oh, he like murdered his wife. What is his name? Scott Peterson. Yeah. Oh that was the other one. Dang. Wait, <laughs> I hate that you gave a a vague description and I was like, oh, you mean because oh. well, I watched I was watching something on TV and I remember they were gonna talk about it. And cause I think I had just watched uh the thing about Robert Durst. Mm. Uh the what's this called? The Deuce? Is it the Deuce? I think so. Yeah, so I just watched that and they they were like they I think there was like commercials for it or something. For some reason they were there was a lot happening that they kept plugging this this show about Scott Peterson and um I started to watch it and I was like, eh, I don't really care. But um yeah, but he's not really a well liked person either. And like Nancy Grace like jumps all over him, but Nancy Grace jumps all over everybody. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, you, you killed him. <laughs> you killed your wife. So which he I mean he he very well may have. No, he totally but, did, bro. He totally did. I don't know if there's like any more like sensationalist like how if we've sensationalized any more crimes like that where it's kind of like or like in an unjust way. Like I know like we like many people have talked about the George Zimmerman trial, but that's like there's a good reason why we've talked about the George Zimmerman trial. But like, I don't think anybody's like made celebrities out of Scott Peterson, at least to my knowledge. Yeah, I don't like. I feel what you're saying. I don't. I honestly don't think it's someone who had a trial like Beverly's that became a media darling like she did. You know what I'm saying? Like. Everybody who has had those big guys are like, this is a garbage person. Fuck them. Yeah. Usually they think now that I feel like it, the tide has turned, at least for like for criminals cases. Although it's so weird to like, in the, in the DVD, I remember watching the part where John's talking about trials and stuff. And he's like, a lot of these, like a lot of people who commit crimes now like he referenced actually Columbine because he's like, you know, the crime, but you don't know the people who did the crime. Or you don't know the names of the kids who did it. Cause I don't know the names of the kids yeah. who, who did the, um, the Columbine massacre, but he's like, well, that's because they didn't have a trial. Like if he had a trial, it would have been some sort of crazy sensationalist thing. You know who else I'm thinking Ooh. of, which they didn't have a trial. Well, I think they have a trial, but the, 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 um, 
the Boston Marathon. Kid. Oh, that dude. They put him on the cover of Rolling Stone. Oh, yeah. Rolling Stone got shit for that one. I remember that. They should have. Yeah, because they were like, oh, you're trying to make him into like a, a cute kid or whatever. And I was like, well, he's a young kid, but like he just killed people. Like, why are we jumping to, why would you put that boy band image on the fucking cover of Rolling Stone where you put like rock stars and what are you doing? Because they know that that's going to gain their readership and like I feel like the reason that serial killers or murderers or people who've committed heinous crimes are like sensationalized by the media is because you know that this is going to be a click like you know this is going to get your piece watched or at least re-upload it onto YouTube or what have you you know if you're writing an article this is going to get like a click like you know this is going to get some kind of viewership and that's only going to like propel your your company or brand like that's why definitely on the on the clickbait mm-hmm. part too because an outrage clicks yeah like too. i i know i'm i fall victim to outrage clicks all the time because i'm like Nobody has done that in real life. And I click and I'm like, somebody has done that in real life. How dare they? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it depends. Because sometimes they, they I I think they do that just to, to, I mean, yeah, to get clicks because that's advertising dollars and stuff, which is sad because I think like somewhere like BuzzFeed, which is like the king of like stupid, ridiculous mm-hmm. clicks. <laughs> but they also have like really good journalism. Mm, yeah. Like their long form journalism. Cause I was reading about, um, about, uh, what was I thinking? What was I reading about Russian? I don't want to say spies. They're probably spies. Yeah. They're probably spies. So like how all these like men have been like murdered by, um, Russian spies, like how they had the nerve gas thing mm, in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had, they've done like a, like a four part series. And I was reading that on the plane home a couple of months ago and I was like wait this is really good because I really like long form journalism I don't like reading like little bite-sized things I was reading it and I was like this is really good and it sucks that BuzzFeed has like a really ridiculous reputation for having like shitty clicks because I wish they could get that out more I mean but it's still BuzzFeed they're still Gotta get your money profiting off the pain of others and the content created by others. <laughs> it sucks. But yeah, I mean, that goes into like a whole journalistic thing. But I just thought that was interesting then how, I guess, the the way the, that the trial really is the thing. But I don't even know. I mean, I can only think of like one trial that would be like a sensationalist trial. It would probably be whenever they fucking get John. Oh, Trump. I can't <laughs> wait for that trial. Like, you got to lock him up. Lock him up. Lock him up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. Lock him up, thin haired motherfucker, ruining the country and and like impede upon the civil rights of citizens of this country and under the guise of it being the American dream. How dare he? I'm. I really thought you said that he's peeing on the rights of American I mean, he citizens. He is peeing on the rights of American citizens as well as impeding upon. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I'm oh so my god. Bad. I was like, wait, wait, let me eat that jacket. 
I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh god. Well, shout out to that trial. I'm sure everybody's gonna want to get to that one. <laughs> that was cereal, mom, guys. I hope you all enjoyed this very interesting conversation that we just had. Yeah, a lot of people on Twitter really like cereal, mom. Sweet. I wasn't expecting, I don't know why, but I wasn't expecting such a reaction. I thought that was really cool. So if you do like Serial Mom, like check out this episode and like talk to us about it. Like what is your favorite scene? What is your favorite insult? I know somebody said that they called their friends, they called their friends specifically to say Pussy Willows. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's hilarious. Pussy Willows. Pussy Willows, darling. (laughs) Ashley says I always mess it up can you tell people where they can find us Uh, we are black girl film club BLK film club or sorry BLK girl film club on twitter Uh, we are blackgirlfilmclub.com you can find us on soundcloud at black girl film club and you can also subscribe on itunes which you should yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Our email. Nobody emails us. Is that is that too old? Is that too old fashioned? We, is that not what the youth call the wave? Do you still use the wave? But do youth like email? Yeah. Tell us if we need to find that. You out. can email us to tell us if youths like email. <laughs> yeah, email, email us if you like email. <laughs> email us if you like email. At black b l a c k girl film club at gmail.com. <laughs> I almost misspelled that. Oh, I don't know how to spell. Sorry, guys. Oh, we need to talk about um, next uh, episode. Yes, I'm excited. Like, I was very excited for this episode, but I'm even more excited for next episode because we're talking about like one of my absolute favorite horror movies probably one of my absolute favorite movies in general and actually what movie is that talking about carrie carrie directed by brian de palma i'm excited yes and we're doing the original carrie not the many it's a couple different characters you got og carrie you got that there's so many remake you got the sequel that's weird where Zachary Ty Bryant gets like harpooned and it's great. But yeah, we'll be talking about Carrie. Yeah, and we'll talk about, I guess, moms and how they're kind of fuck you and up proms. a little bit. And we're <laughs> going to talk about how proms and fuck prom. you up a little bit too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you have a good prom? Um, I had a shitty prom. <laughs> I, mm, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a shitty prom. Um, okay. <laughs> Anything else we want to talk about before we go? No, I don't think uh, so. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.